In the end, what separates a man from a slave? Money? Power? No. A man chooses. A slave obeys. You think you have memories. A farm. A family. An airplane. A crash. And then this place. Was there really a family? Did that airplane crash? Or was it hijacked? Forced out. Forced down by something less than a man. Something bred to sleepwalk through life until they are activated by a simple phrase spoken by their kindly master. Was a man sent to kill or a slave? A man chooses. A slave obeys. Come in. Stop, would you kindly? Would you kindly? Powerful phrase. Familiar phrase. Episode 70 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Robin to my Batman, John. Now, John, there were some news items I wanted to talk to you about. Are you ready? No. You got your news hat on? Nope. No? Nope. Okay. Can we end the show then? (laughs) Sure. Yes, of course, Nick. Hit me with your news. Your hot button news items. As we discussed last week, BlizzCon 2023 was this weekend, and as we also discussed... Uh, it was a lot of expansion talk, nothing nothing new there, but there were two things I wanted to talk about that came up there. Okay. Uh, the first one is Phil Spencer showed up. Yeah. He was in the opening ceremony, you know, lording over his newly purchased company. Yeah, I mean, the Blizzard, the Blizzard uh, people need to pay homage and allegiance <laughs> to him. He is now their new overlord. And um, yeah, I, I, didn't he come out to the Darth Vader music too? Like the, or the, Empire, yeah. the Empire March? Yeah. Um, no, yeah, of course he's going to show up. You know, you, you, you make the biggest purchase in, in industry history. Um, and then you get your first big event in front of... In front of an audience, you know, yeah, you're gonna show up. So yeah, and this it's is a, expected. yeah, this is the first uh, BlizzCon in person in four years too. So it's kind of big deal on a lot of fronts, but yeah, not shocking. He's he's a man of the people, Phil Spencer. So you know, he is. I and I think he's a little addicted to be in front of a camera. <laughs> if I'm being honest, but maybe I would be too. He definitely compared to uh, his uh, his other. Uh, uh, comparisons the Nintendo and Sony for sure he's the most in front of the camera well, at any time so yeah I don't I mean I only know what Jim Ryan looks like obviously because we're very into this ecosystem but like yeah you never see never see Doug Bowser either do you no it's crazy mm-hmm. no just when he was accepting those awards at the game awards last yeah, the year the best name in the industry and you don't <laughs> even take advantage of it man all right, and then the other, there is a new Diablo 4 expansion coming out called Vessel of Hatred. It is projected to come out later next year in 2024. 
But uh, the interesting thing is it will have a new character class never before seen in Diablo. Have they announced what that class is? No, they have not said what it was. What do you that think was it the, is? <sighs> Boy, I'm not the biggest <laughs> Diablo fan, so I don't, no, I don't I know. know. Like, so you know, I think they've covered all the major ones. I'm fairy. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it fits the uh, the theming. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they got the barbarian takes care of the big hulky guy. Mm. I mean, you could go even bigger and do like a golem or something. But yeah, like, they got yeah, druids, they got wizards, they got uh, witch doctors, paladins. I think they've covered most most things, and I, accountant. <laughs> yeah, that's a very. I I think it will fit in that like dark because Diablo Four, you know, their their emphasis on dark and gritty and For returning sure. to Diablo Two. So I would assume the class is going to be in some kind of way in that vein, but I have no idea. Yeah, you know, there's just as far as fantasy classes go, there's just a million. So probably like they're just gonna do like. Demon, <laughs> angel, <laughs> like just yeah. I was gonna do just very good or very bad. That, I mean, that's that's not a bad choice. Like something like some kind of like. Have they had vampire? I know they just had vampire, a season of blood, yeah. but I mean, I can just know. picture like a very. Uh, what's the character in Baldur's Gate three who's like got the horns and looks like a devil or like a demon? Oh, of? Karlak. Yeah, like somebody looking <laughs> like that in the yeah, Diablo yeah. universe. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's that's actually a very good guess. But that's all I got. I, again, BlizzCon was just full of expansions for WoW, <laughs> expansions for Hearthstone, and a new character for Overwatch 2. Nothing exciting, just yeah. buy the books, no new game. Well, there was the World of Warcraft Rumble mobile game, but that <laughs> barely qualifies as a, a new game announcement. But uh, Yeah, I, f- I feel like, if anything, this event was almost like a net negative. You know, the only, the only uh, articles or anything I've seen you know, not looking for it, but just in passing was um, basically people being very, very mad that to play the Diablo or I'm sorry, the World of Warcraft expansion early, you have to pay $90. It was like three days early or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you mm-hmm. know, we knew that th- we knew that those uh, approaches were going to continue. Um, yep. Starfield saw a massive amount of successes with it. And so uh, if you if you're mad about that, don't buy it early. <laughs> I won't be buying it at all because I don't play that type of stuff. But these do they make you mad at all? Does it make me mad? No. It yeah, it's kind of one of those weird things that it's like, it's you know, we just talked last week about you know ten dollars for a fatality, you know if people want to spend thirty dollars the and, and this is some way it helps for because I think most people take this as oh they're it's greed it's greed it's greed not taking into the fact that development cost is more expensive than ever and if this is a way to recoup some of that yeah. you know like go well, for and it and it might be a, a pretty solid sneaky way to allow for better first day launches like if you yep. get if you get yep. people to start dripping in it allows you to you know tweak your servers and do what you need to do to make sure it's it's ready to rock and roll so no it, it doesn't bother me but these games aren't typically for me and i live in a world where i am cons- well, a lot of games this year did it you know it's like sure. starfield and yeah, Others. but you know, I, I constantly live in a world where I am repressing any urges to play video games when I want to. Anyway, so <laughs> you know, waiting a couple extra days is, is no big deal. You know, like like we've said on the show, if they go God of War, you know, Atreus, whatever the, that standalone thing is, if they're like, hey, you can play it two days early for an extra twenty, and be like, that might be tough. Especially yeah. only if I had like a day, right? If right. I had like a day that that was open for me, I'd right, maybe take advantage right, of it. Right. But no, yeah. not a big deal. All right. And then another news item. This comes from Jason Schreier of Bloomberg. We have some layoffs at Bungie. Mm. They cut about 100 jobs from its staff of 1,200, which is, whew, 
that's a huge studio. That's a beefy boy yeah. as far as studio numbers go. Uh, and this was due to their uh, revenue being 45% below their projections for the year. Wow, uh, I didn't realize it was that high. And then also uh, this led to delays. The Destiny 2 expansion, The Final Shape, is uh, coming out in June 2024 now. And then Marathon, that live service game we saw earlier this year at the PlayStation Showcase, is getting pushed to 2025, which is not shocking to me either. Cause no. With how little we saw of the game. So... Well, and, and on top of that, I mean, uh, you know, they did get some feedback from some people playing Marathon, yep. and they it was not positive. Yep. Um, you know, yeah, this, this whole thing, right, like more more industry or more uh, companies shedding developers, it's sad. Nobody, you never want to see people lose their job. It is interesting that this has been arguably the greatest year of video games ever uh, from a game standpoint, but also probably one of the worst years of video games ever for just layoffs and, and things like right. that. And a lot of it's downsizing from COVID and, you know, lay, lay, lay over from that. But, you know, it, uh, it's interesting, man. And, and we'll probably save this type of conversation for a future episode where we can talk a little bit more about it. But Bungie just seems to like be not as healthy as maybe we thought they were, or they're definitely trending downwards. And yeah, when you start to see reports coming out that like you know the last of us factions was was put on ice because bungie said it wasn't good enough and then you know it's it it's gonna have to start creating this situation within the ecosystem where like developers would be like well why do they get a final say on our product like (laughs) you know we're naughty dog like we don't think we can do it and then if like they're laying off people it just seems like there's so much bad news coming out of of sony sony industries really right now and i wonder if i wonder if we're gonna see continuation of like kind of this like doom and gloom type feel or like can we get some positivity talking now can we not talk about connie booth leaving and seemingly getting fired after 34 years can we talk about some of the games that are going to be coming as opposed to to this stuff but yeah. we'll we'll save that for a, a future future talk yeah yeah for sure and yeah obviously bungie has just been working on destiny too that's kind of been their only thing for so long and uh the last expansion uh reviewed poorly um and this final shape was you know it's supposed to be the big one. Like I think the, the sunsetting of destiny too. So, you know, it's, you know, they even issue had to issue an apology. To, I'm sorry <laughs> to their sorry. fans as uh, Bungie as destiny too, as continually kind of underperformed and, you know, the, you know, the, the Ouroboros of the community where they, they love the game when an expansion launches and then they grow to hate it, hate it, hate it. And then yeah. they'll build up to the next expansion. They get all high and, yep. and love it. And the, you know, the, the cycle repeats. So we're at the, the, the bottom of the cycle. Yeah. I've, I've seen it all the time online where this, the sentiment that uh, nobody hates destiny, like somebody who's put 3000 hours into destiny. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a vicious, it's a vicious cycle out there, man. And, and Sony pushing, forward into the live service genre gives me a little bit of pause but they'll be fine i won't figure it out yeah again they're they're a huge studio so you know it'll be interesting to to see what they do next but uh yeah bummer more people out of work you know so and then our final news item is show related and that is as you heard last week john and i both completed spider-man 2 we want to do a bonus episode we want it just talk about all the juicy spoilers we know. We want to talk about the future of the franchise, all of our favorite stuff in Spider-Man 2 that we couldn't because we didn't want to ruin it for you. Well, if you're listening this week, we will be launching our bonus episode. The plan is to publish it November 9th. So in a few days, you'll have an extra episode in the feed. And if you've completed Spider-Man 2, we'll 
recommend you check it out. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, it's not going to be some crazy, you know, hour and a half long discussion. We'll just go over our thoughts, you know, what we think about favorite favorite missions, favorite suits, that kind of stuff. Just keep it light. Keep it fun. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yep. And, and if you have thoughts and you want to review it, you know, feel free to reach out to any of our social media channels and I will we'll happily read it on the show if you have any questions for us about the game. Uh, if you have any, any thoughts about certain quests, do you have any favorites? Uh, yeah, write, write it all in and we'll read it out loud on the show. So, Whoop. all right. Are you ready to get into the show? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this is how the show works. John and I both bring up to three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item, a topic. It could be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod, or a comment on our YouTube page at PlayStationPalsPod. Any of those things, we bring it and we talk about it. And I am kicking things off to uh, continue the conversation last week about Alan Wake 2. Uh, since we last talked, I have completed the game. It's done. Yay. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. It's a great game. Obviously, everything I said last week still holds some of the most memorable gaming moments. You know, why, why I think we like games like The Last of Us 2 because there's elements of the story that you'll remember forever. Mm. You know, John and I play a lot of video games and I'm sure a lot of story beats just, they just get muddled in our brains. You know, you don't you don't seem to remember everything about every game you played. Like what happened in Hogwarts Legacy earlier this year? I don't know. Some goblin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was mad about something. Yep. yep. I saved Hogwarts. That's all that matters, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but games like this, games like The Last of Us Part Two, God of War, you know, they'll They'll, they'll have moments that will stick with you forever. You'll always remember certain moments, and this game uh, certainly has it. Um, not to be said that the story does get into Inception levels of confusing. So if you've seen the movie Inception, uh, that kind of how you really have to take the all the, the concepts, the out-of-bodies, the... You have the, to almost like compartmentalize everything. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the thought about time and another, another worlds and how those other worlds run... Uh, it gets really confusing uh, to keep track of it all, but I do think the game does an excellent job of keeping you interested in the story uh, all the way to the conclusion. Does the game do a nice job of allowing you to go into the mind palace and, and like if you're especially confused to kind of figure it out, yeah. or does it just lead to more confusion? <laughs> uh, it, it does kind of wrap most of the story plots up through the through the mind palace, through just the general story so you kind of get a bigger picture of everything that's going on okay. um, and again this uh, this is a game running two concurrent narratives at once right. you know you can play through all of Alan Wake's uh, story to a certain point and then you can play through all of uh, sagas up to a certain point um, which uh, I was a little taken back I got to the point of no return uh, pretty early in the game I thought I was like I got because you you I was monitoring my trophies, and I, you can kind of tell what the story trophies are. And I was like six behind or so from what the story trophies, and even still, it was like, "Hey, you might want to, you know, go take care of everything." And I was like, "Oh shit, I'm really, I'm really that close." Okay, um, I will be sad. I missed one video that is gonna fuck me out of the platinum trophy. Oh no! I missed <laughs> one fucking video. That happened to me with Hellblade. Yeah, a sacrifice. I get one little portal thing. I didn't know where it was. There's no in-game way to find yep. it. And like I was like, oh, I guess that's that. Yep, I can't go backtrack to go get it. I'm bummed. Apparently, 
if it is part of an overall collectible, but the way the trophies work, it keeps track of when each time you get it. So if I started a new save and booked it to that collectible and ignoring all other ones, yeah. it would still trigger on a new save. So Maybe. I might do that. I might wait. Maybe I'll be fortunate and they'll release like a chapter select. Well, one of my questions for you is going to kind of ask about the replayability of this game. So it doesn't sound like it's really that kind of a game until you want to just experience the narrative again. Right, right. In okay. um, similar in the Spider-Man Two vein, it does not have New Game Plus, but it is promised to be coming. Yep. Um, so, and this game also does have two DLCs planned. Uh, so that you know. The game, and again, this was a digital only game. I'm gonna have this game forever, yeah. you know, as long as Sony servers are still up. So, uh, I'll I will get that platinum. I'm gonna get that platinum. I'm gonna get that platinum. <laughs> um, did you play? Um, I think it was American Wasteland, Alan Wake's first DLC. I don't remember because there was one that was a separate game. Yeah, and that I might have been that one, or American um, Nightmare. I think is what yeah. It was. I think that was a separate game. Um, I don't yeah. remember that at all. That that was a time period of my life where I played everything. Like I had a GameFly account and I was just cycling in games. And even if they were really bad, I was finishing them. Uh, but uh, you sad man. What you sad sad man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a time in my life where I ate a lot of pizza and I lived with roommates and we just played video games all the time. You, you've seen great. the movie Soul, right? Like the Pixar movie Soul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know when the 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 souls are like lost and like, rah, 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 you know, and they're like <laughs> going through the wasteland and they're all they got to be saved. Yeah, I just picture that as you yeah. in your twenties, just pizza, Mountain Dew, and video games. Yeah, that yeah that sums it up pretty well. Uh, Not a bad but, life. Uh, <laughs> Not a bad life. But back to the game, it is a it is a five out of five. It's it's sick one of, of the, all these five out of fives this year, Nick. Is it's 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 the year of them. <laughs> I, I yeah, I am like I am really bummed when we go to choose our game of the year and I'm going to have to whittle it down to three choices. Yeah, you're gonna have to kill your babies. Yeah, in a year where I played Persona Five, Spider Man Two, oh, God, uh, Persona 5. Final Fantasy Sixteen is like it's it's yeah, there's going to be some some things are going to have to happen, you know. So, uh, and again, yeah, this is this is a highly recommendation for me. Um, you are again benefited if you've played Alan Wake One, if you've played Control. Uh, those things do come into play in the story a lot. There, but I, I think you can play this game on its own and you'd be fine. Okay. Like it does a good job of, of of you know the baby steps through it. So. So, yeah, cool. I mean, your your thoughts on it has, has propelled me from probably skipping it into most definitely checking it out. I, I don't know if I'm it, – it's honestly probably going to be a 2024 game that I buy on sale at some point. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm excited to check it out. I, I, I do want to say you, you mentioned earlier off podcast that you wish the gameplay was a little better. Oh, I, I did have that in my notes, and I, yeah. I forgot to Is mention that. Kind that. of uh, – talk a little more no, about that. No, it, it doesn't – the, the gameplay is what it is, uh, you know, the flashlight and the, the third-person shooting. It never feels great, but I sometimes in games like this, and I and like the akin to the original Resident Evil games, you know, how, like, the tanky controls kind of just ratcheted up the fear. Mm -hmm. And I think same here. Like, it, it plays like Resident Evil 4. I think Resident Evil 4's shooting felt better. Like, it felt tighter. I felt like I was able to pull, pull off more headshots. But also the enemies in this move so fast that I mentioned the wolves last week and just normal uh, taken enemies as they're referred to uh, have the ability to 
basically move like the Flash, and they don't. They're ranged enemies, so they're not like getting up in your face. But their ability to move so fast uh, really makes it hard to shoot them. And uh, you will find yourself in situations in this game where ammo is an issue. Yeah. Like, and I think I think again, it's a survival horror game. It kind of works in its favor, you know. If this was any other type of game, you'd probably not like it at all. Mm. You know, if if there was a bigger focus on shooting, a bigger focus on more enemies, and that was like a major mechanic. But I think because it's a horror game. It, it's it's just uh, acceptable enough to like. That's fair. I mean, you know, when I feel like every game when they start making it, you kind of put most of your eggs in one basket. You know, mm-hmm. you want to you want to spread those eggs out and have everything be great. But first and foremost, it sounds like narrative was what needed to be accomplished. I was hoping that a little more of the control, like, because control can. <laughs> control controls. Yeah. So great. Like it, it, it right. really feels good, especially um, that was really my first remedy game, I think, where mm-hmm. I played the whole thing. And, and from what I heard about Alan Wake, the first one, about how horrible that game play experience was, I was kind of surprised. Yeah. And so I was hoping that maybe translated a little bit better. But it sounds like as long as you know, you know, you don't you don't go into a walking simulator game expecting to like shoot things. Right. So like, you know. <laughs> Go in with the right expectations and sounds like it does exactly what it what it's trying to do. Yeah, it is a weird contrast because yeah, control you, like you the the amount of movement abilities and and just like supernatural abilities you yeah. get in control to this game, which is so so basic, basic weapons, basic but, flashlight. But that like, being said, you would lose the spookiness right. if, you, if all of a sudden you're overpowered. Right. It's like playing Outlast. Outlast is only scary because you can't do anything. Right, <laughs> right. You can't come. <laughs> you can't yeah combat against the bad guys. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's great. It's what a great game, and yeah, continuing this awesome year as you mentioned of must play titles. It's this is I think my twenty first game I beat this year. Man, yeah, twenty one. That's in eleven games from this year, which is uh, typically not the case. It's a good split. It's almost fifty yeah. fifty. Yeah. So you need to play one game not from this year, and then you're you're good. So yeah. <laughs> neon white, Nick. Time to beat it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure one will come up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Still got two months. So well, speaking of great games this year, Nick, I got okay. one. I got one too, and I've mentioned it on the show, but I've I've been able to put a lot more time into it. So I just want to kind of kind of talk a little bit about it, my thoughts. Um, you know, I don't think I'm going to ever fully review this game because it is a little bit smaller, but it's still incredibly fun, and I want to at least give it a little bit of shine. Uh, and that's Dave the Diver, um, which came out this year. I really should have looked up the studio that did it, but I didn't because I'm a moron. But I'll get you that here in a second. But um, <laughs> just wanted to talk about the, the level of charm that this game has and, and everything that it sets out to do. It does so, so well. So... You know, this is one of those indie games where you don't go into it expecting a ton of story. In fact, I, there's really not a story. It's simply about the loop. And this game got me kind of thinking about how satisfying a loop can be in games like these where you just, you know, the one more run games, right? Civilizations, mm-hmm. uh, Returnal, a lot of roguelikes, things like that. Like that type of stuff just really scratches an itch with me. And this game does it better than most. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you're, you're playing as a diver who kind of, uh, he he goes to this hole that has this ability to change itself every time you go into, so you're going to constantly see new areas. It's <laughs> roguelike in, in, in and of itself. Uh, but you go down there, you know, you have a limited amount of oxygen, uh, you have your spear, your gun, and you just try and basically fill up your pack to get back up to the top uh, to give all that fish to a sushi man who, his name is Bancho, and he is uh, basically, you know, Sam Jackson, but with 
a lot more charm and, and style. And he makes you sushi, he makes sushi that you then serve to guests and on the nighttime. So as you can already see, it's got a daytime cycle, nighttime cycle where you're doing different things entirely. But what I think this game really does is it just is constantly constantly adding new mechanics and pushing the envelope for what you're kind of expecting to get into. It, it's chill by nature, so inherently when you're going into, you know, your fishing mode, you're kind of like, doo-doo-doo, yeah, capture fish, you shoot your little, you shoot your rifle, and you put them in your bag, and it's all it's all fun and whatnot, but you get to the sushi thing, and it's like kind of high-strung, where you have you have all these people you've hired, you got Bancho cooking the sushi, you got to go grab it, you got to fill up people's tea, you got to pour them beer, you got these like high critics that are like there making sure everything's fine, so you want to appease them, but it just, it, it's really <laughs> well thought out and, and perfectly balanced, while it's not, it, in the way that it's not trying to do too much, you know, you're not... Sometimes you don't have to do anything. Sometimes you've hired the right people that have the right skills that can, they take care of everything. And you sit back and you just watch your money tick up. And then once you get, you know, your $2,000, you can go buy better guns, buy better spears, buy, you know, a better oxygen tank to go further down into the depths. Because that's the, the, the diving mechanic is like, yeah, you start every time at one meter deep and you can just go, you know, think of Subnautica, right? You just go down, 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 down. But then it just keeps, again, it just keeps throwing so many things at you where there's, like I said, the staff management system. Um, night fishing eventually opens up, which allows you to catch a whole brand new se section of fish. Uh, makes it seem a lot spookier. Because there are also, like, sharks and things that are kind of treading these waters as well that, like, you know, you can you can knock them out and, and make them sushi. But, like, if they touch you, you're basically fucked. And you're going to lose all your oxygen. And you're going to... You know, basically end the day with no fish caught, and then Bancho's going to be real sad. And we don't want to make Bancho sad. He gets mad. Um, but, yeah, you just kind of, you know, you, you set out with a goal to get the fish right. There might be some, like, special event for the day where it's, like, the Jellyfish Festival. And you got to go collect a bunch of jellyfish because, like, people are going to want to eat jellyfish. And, like, it seems really chill. But then you're going, and then you come across this shipwreck, and it's these sea people creatures, and you got to find a translation tome to allow, allow yourself <laughs> to communicate with them. And then once you communicate with them, you find out that this giant boxing crawfish has been terrorizing their their place for a while and you got to go save them and it just keeps ratcheting it up so that you're never tired of what you're doing you're never sick of you know kind of that again that loop that is driving the game it's the engine for the game uh never makes it feel dull because you're constantly ratcheting up what you're able to do and the things that you have the ability to do um and you know that's on top of everything else which is just amazing pixel art I would highly encourage anybody that wants to just get a vibe check on this game, just go to YouTube, type in Bancho cutscenes, and you'll get all these amazing, like, they're all like 20, 30 seconds, but it just, you can sense the personality and you can feel the personality through it, uh, which I think is why this game is kind of, because it's sitting at a 90 on Open Critic, and that was, you know, obviously the initial motivation to go check it out, and then when I saw that it was coming to Switch, uh, you know, I had to I had to see for myself and 20 bucks, super cheap uh, for what it is. But unfortunately, this game's not on PlayStation right now. Um, I would imagine that it will eventually get there. It's, it's one, of those, one of those just, games. Yeah, it's just one of those indie darlings that's going to kind of make its way. You know, I imagine that the, the developers neon white. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I imagine that the development team is probably a little bit smaller. Um, but, you know, I would highly, highly recommend this game to anybody who likes kind of the more uh, small scale indie type games, um, low, low stress, but a lot of fun. And uh, something that I was kind of surprised to see is I, I wanted to kind of just gauge how long this game would take to beat 35 hours. Which, Holy shit. Yeah. 30, <laughs> well, yeah. Which, you know, it is 
I, I personally have a hard time with games like these making them my main game. Like these are these are yeah. type of games for me is the perfect uh, switch. You know, it's a switch game, right? Or just I got twenty minutes to play. I can right. do a dive, and so I don't I don't plan on beating this. Uh, you know, in the next week or two, I just plan on picking away at it here and there. It's again, it's a chill experience, but um, super, super enjoyable. I really, in in another year, this would probably be a game of the year contender for me. It's not that it misses on some things. Um, you know, there's some some dives where I'm just like not feeling it. You know, whatever was, the case. I was going to ask you, does this dethrone Sea of Stars for indie game of the year? Indie game of the year. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. You know, and it might as I get further, you know, I I'm I'm probably 15, 20 hours in. And so oh, if wow. it can if it can keep delighting me and like, you know, um just surprising me with its charm and its level of uh I'm telling you, man, like these cutscenes are so so fucking charming. <laughs> um, you know, if it can keep doing that maybe, but Sea of Stars I think is just when I when I look at the game like you said about Alan Wake that leaves an impact that lets you remember the moment to moment things that you've done through throughout i'm i think sea of stars is definitely going to have a heavier impact characters are obviously better pixel art both are gorgeous but sea of stars is a little edged there so it's 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 a competition mm-hmm. but uh my gut tells me right now probably sea of stars is a little bit of an edge okay but yeah and then this is one of the worst mechanics in video games in my opinion and that is managing oxygen while underwater mm-hmm. how does it feel in this game very good okay that i agree <laughs> i think managing oxygen sucks that's the reason that like i love borderlands 2 hated the pre-sequel because like i don't want to manage my no. air very very lenient um so as you dive down you know you don't have health right so if you get hit by a fish that's attacking or aggressive it just yep. takes away your oxygen but there are throughout the um Again, the procedurally generated underwater area. There's little oxygen tanks just scattered here and there. They're pretty lenient with it. I have never run out of oxygen based on just running out of oxygen. It's only ever been like a shark has just got my fucking number. Because, you know, as you can imagine, there's an encumbrance system where, you know, you can level up the amount of of, uh, weight that you can carry. And as you get up to that, like, 60 kilogram mark you can go over it but you slow down way way you know you slow down substantially and while that's normally not an issue if you're if you're carrying a ton of things and you run into a shark he's going to he's going to kill you so (laughs) you know you kind of need to play that balance and one thing that's nice as well is you don't have to just swim right back up to the top to to leave like they have these little pods that are kind of scattered throughout too that are like instant escape pods so like you can you can really play with it to uh, allow yourself to to not have that stress because like that dude i agree that's the worst and even when you get lower there's oxygen pods and these little like they look like um clamshells that you'd find like pearls in you can open those those refill your oxygen Mm -hmm. there's uh chests littered throughout uh the underwater that you can get like items which some make you swim faster like you know the little boards that you can hold on you know you got those you got oxygen tanks in there too that you can use with the tap of a button um so it, it it really wants you to spend as much time underwater just like being chill and getting the things you need to get and making sure that you're pushing pushing the um just pushing the the limit further, right? You're getting further in the game. You're not just, ah, oh, fuck, I've had six straight dives and I haven't gotten to the point that I was at. Like, no, they, they're making sure you are. And, and you know, it's uh, pretty chill and pretty, pretty, you know, pretty pleasurable in that regard. So, okay. um, you know, I think this is, you know, if the, when if and when this does come to PlayStation, 
if it's got a good trophy system, I'll rebuy it. Like it's it's okay. one of, it's one of those. But yeah, Dave the Diver, shout out. Oh, I and I did look. It is developed by Mint Rocket. Um, came out yeah last October, uh, on PC. Switch this year. So good shit, man. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we'll hear an announcement soon. Then probably yeah. yeah. I think it was Yan Wait was, was also in the it was in the summer. No, and then by the winter it was already it was like six months. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so so yeah we'll probably have an announcement for other consoles uh, yeah maybe some game soon. more stuff maybe like a quick little thing true because you know, it's gonna get i imagine i'll get one or two nominations it's not yeah gonna get, for like, sure you know anything yeah. huge but yeah it'll definitely be an indie game nom so which is interesting because if it came out last october it should have been oh yeah that's I a don't good know, point i don't know We'll have to, maybe it was early access or something. I don't, I don't know, but we'll keep our yeah, eyes. Yeah, something's funky because Open Critic considers it, it a game. It does this consider year. it this year. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe it was yeah something early access type. All right, well, let's move on to our third topic, and I wanted to revisit our 2023 predictions. If you remember all the way back into our first episode of the year, John and I both placed three predictions for the year, and the year's not up, but uh, I wanted to discuss them, and you know. Do they have the likelihood? Because really, you know, the not only big event for something do happen is the Game Awards going forward. So, uh, so let's let's revisit them. Let's see how close we are. John does not remember his predictions, so that is anything. also that is also a fun fact. So he doesn't remember any of them. I smoke too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you want to go first with? Do you want to go with a Nick prediction or a John prediction? Let's go with me. Let's do it. All right, John. Wait, wait, wait. Before, we, did we get any right? Oh, we will find out. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. John's first prediction, I will break up into two parts. Okay. All right. The first one is John thought The Last of Us television show was going to do very, very well. And so I said, well, how would we measure that? And we said that it would win Best Adaptation at the Game Awards. That is a category. So that's for any uh, video game that's turned into a television show or movie. Feeling good about that. So, so you think even still, because obviously there's no other video game property going to be releasing soon. No, it's, it's Last of Us and Mario. It's those two. Yeah, and it, it should be Last of Us. It better be. <laughs> I mean, Mario's fine, but no. If we're talking quality, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we think that we think that is a lock. Yeah. The second half of his prediction was, after the show ended in March, that Sony would announce an event of some kind in which they would. They would show off Last of Us Factions for a summer release. Not feeling good about that one anymore, are we? <laughs> Nobody's feeling good about Factions. Nobody's feeling good. Druckmann's not even feeling good. So uh, yeah, I think it's safe to say you'll you'll get a half point there. You'll okay. you'll get the you'll you'll definitely get the best adaptation. And yeah, I feel like I, I remember talking to that like Pedro, Bella, Nick, and then Anna Torv would all get nominations at the Emmys too, and I believe they did. I, believe they did. I know my yeah. media. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I, and it, boy, it's hard to think that that was earlier this year is that we got yeah. to experience that whole thing. The Last of Us has had a, quite a year, both good and bad. <laughs> yeah. Both good and bad. Yes. All right, so we'll move into my first prediction, and we're going to save uh, half of this for our bonus episode, and you'll know why in a second. But my first prediction was that Spider-Man 2 will feature co-op. So I was wrong about that. Yep. Second part of my prediction was that Venom will be playable and the game will tease the multiverse for Spider-Man 3 or its half-sequel, a.k.a. Miles Morales. 
Uh, so we'll we'll save the story the story points for the bonus episode. We'll revisit those there. But obviously, no I was wrong. No co-op. Yeah, that was that was the hot that was a hot rumor for a bit, wasn't it? Well, I mean, it teased two Spider-Man taking down multiple people. So oh, you would think... I think there was that, like, somebody scrubbing Spider-Man 1 data, and there was, like, something that said Player 2. Right. So was, Ooh, what's that? But, yeah, that would have been really hard to pull off, <laughs> thinking about it now. <laughs> do, you think, do you think this franchise will ever have co-op? <sighs> Sunset um, Overdrive did have a multiplayer mode. I could, uh, but uh, they Insomniac has not visited, I believe, any kind of multiplayer since then. It's interesting because I think it would have to. I don't think it could be couch co-op. I, I don't think no. that's possible. No, so it could be online. But like, why would they even do that? You know, if you're if you're playing a if you're playing Spider-Man, you're playing story beats, and you're yeah. playing. I think playing, I think that's the big part is how cinematic it is yeah, that you cannot do those missions. They'd have to make a standalone game mode that's like, like that clean, mission clean we, up New York where you and another guy you go clean up a hundred crimes or something and, or right. whatever or like they could make a multi like actually one something I could see being kind of fun is like almost exo primal esque where it's like you and another Spider Man are going against another Spider Man <laughs> and like who can who can clear out the bad guys quicker yeah. or something you could do something like that but yeah it have to be its own side thing it couldn't yeah. be in the, you couldn't both exist in the world because yeah I think like you said I think. Like we saw at the PlayStation Showcase, the little lizard chase on the water. Like, that just does not work with mm-hmm. two people at all. So, um, so I mean, yeah. Or, or if they went fucking batshit crazy with it and went, like, Capcom style. Like, yeah, we made a standalone co-op mode. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, we Resident Evil, we made VR mode, this mode, that mode. But I think that's too much for right. too I, little payoff. Yep, yep, you're probably right there. All right, so in the John's second prediction... Ah, the Switch 2 will be revealed at E3, in quotes, uh, summer, and uh, we'll have a launch title of Metroid Prime 4. Now, obviously, that is 100% wrong. Is there any chance a Switch 2 will be revealed at the Game Awards? Keep in mind, the Xbox Series X was shown off at the Game Awards. Is there any chance... Nintendo would use this opportunity to announce a Switch 2. Nah, dude. Nintendo beats to their own drum. Like, Microsoft showing up at the Game Awards is very... It makes sense to me. Like, there's more eyes on here. We don't really have much of an identity. Not No shade thrown at Microsoft, but out of the three uh, console manufacturers, they definitely have the least identity. So, showing up there... Uh, makes a little bit more sense than Nintendo. Nintendo's going to have their own direct. Like yeah. that—that's what they're going to do. They—they they, every time they talk about their shit, it's a direct. Yeah, and, so. and again, it's you know the Game Awards is December seventh. They want you buying Switches for Christmas, right? So it's not—it's not, it's not going to happen. If there is a Switch for next year, it'll be announced. Yeah, on their own time and in a very short turnaround, I imagine. Yeah. All right. Now, my prediction number two was that Bluepoint, hot off the Demon Souls remake, is in fact making a Metal Gear Solid remake that would be announced this year. Um, nope, that is... As John argued, when I made that point, he brought up the Metal Gear Solid 3 rumor, which we now know to be, what, Metal Gear Solid Delta? Yeah. That we just saw at the, the Microsoft Partner event mm-hmm. running in Unreal Engine 5. So odds are there are not two remakes running at the same time. So weird. So I imagine, yeah, the the announcement of Metal Gear Solid Delta, 
uh, is is the only remake in development right now. So what Blue Point is doing is still a mystery. Yes or no, Nick? I want one one word answer. Does Konami fuck up this remake? Yes. Okay. <laughs> cool. Though <laughs> so they they just did a video with David Hayter uh, promoting the um, the collection that just came out. I was like, oh, okay, they're working with David Hayter. That's that's a good start. Yeah, the collection's you know? got some issues of its own. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, I don't No, They will not stick this landing. Okay. I, who knows when that game will come out, and when it does, it will not. It's going to get fucking um, canceled. We'll see. Yeah. It's going to get scale-bounded. <laughs> I mean, what we saw in that Unreal Engine, uh, the game running is just so little. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I mean, little. that means nothing. That means nothing. Yeah. Does Konami still have the ability to even make a AAA product anymore? I don't know. We'll see. Okay. All right, John. Is your is your brain tingling at all? Is are you remembering what your final prediction was? No, but when you I remembered immediately as soon as you started talking about my last two, so I'm sure I'll <laughs> I'm sure the same thing. I'll start laughing. All right. Your final prediction was involving Sony San Diego ah. and that they are working on an uncharted game starring Drake's daughter Cassie coming 2024. Now, I was this before we saw the video with the girl in the tomb? I think it. I think, I it, think was. it was. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I think that that prediction still has very much a chance to come true in 2024. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the Sony San Diego part. Right. Um, you know, that could be a bend. That could be many other people. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean. You didn't have cast or some female in a tomb in a teaser for fucking nothing, right? Right. right. You didn't do that. So, hundred percent that game exists. When we see it, when we hear about it, you know who knows. But I mean, do you think the Game Awards is is a good that's place? A good, that's a good bet. To that's a good show? bet. Yeah, feels yeah. right. Yeah, especially if it is, you know. Any any chance of early next year? It's a known the, quantity. Uncharted is going to get a lot of applause. It's going to get a big impact. I mean, it's you know it's it's showing you know Sony needs to talk about their games and Uncharted is you know it's nothing it's not a new IP so they're not going to be blowing uh, I don't know it, it just seems like yeah like here it is Uncharted Five have fun Cassie go and then that's like really all you really you think need. it'll be branded as Uncharted Five no. Yeah, I don't. I don't if it's so. not Naughty Dog, I don't think it'll be Uncharted no. Five. It'll be Uncharted subcolon. Uncharted. Cassie's yeah. Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's still a chance on that one. Yep. So we'll see. The Game Awards might bring it. And then uh, my final prediction was that the PlayStation Five will get a UI overhaul okay. with the home screen getting more vertical, more customization, personalization options, Discord integration. Um, didn't happen. The, the cross media bar or the current uh, PlayStation Five UI is still the same. Got an overhaul, just not a UI overhaul. Got that slim overhaul. Yeah, <laughs> the PlayStation Five hardware did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm still surprised that they're not leading toward that kind of stuff. Still, the, the oh, it's interesting. Like I remember, I remember when we got our hands on that thing, and it did take some getting used to. And I I remember the general sentiment from everybody was they didn't really like the UI, but I think everybody's gotten used to it at this point. So yeah. it's almost more, you know, customizing customizing options is always great, but if you're just going to change it to change it, I think, you know, right, right. Uh, just keep it, you know, at this point. I remember, I, I know I know the, the organ, you know, up, up, down, wherever I got to go to get to the power off and all that good stuff, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
So, so you currently like how it is? Do you want it to change? No, I don't want it to change. At this no, point, really. no, I like it. Okay. I mean, I was actually thinking about this the other day. A function that I would like, because now that my son is getting more into his, like, individual with his gaming, where he's actually playing on his own profile now, he's not on mine, he's doing all that stuff, it'd be nice to be able to hide or stay. Like, you can stick specific games to your cross-section bar, right. but you can't hide games. Like, when my son's playing Goat Simulator, it's like, can I just hide that? Can I get it out of here? That'd be right, nice. Right. But in terms of organization, you know. Oh, really? I, when he signs into his profile, launches a game, it moves it to the front of your cross? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's at least I okay. think there's a chance with him that he, like, plays Neon White on my profile and then goes to his right. profile. Like, <laughs> with him, I, you never know, but I'm I'm, right. I'm 90% sure it does that, which is kind of annoying. So Okay. I still think it needs some kind of overall. I know each game page is very busy with activity cards and uh, the help center and then, you know, your friends playing and any add-ons and videos of the game. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's a little busy, but I still think, like, there should – we should be able to control how that looks. But um, Yeah, it would be nice if, like, when you hover on a game, you know, it, like, yeah, it just – some gorgeous type of wallpaper pops up, and, right? You know, something like that, and, and yeah, you're right. It could be useful, useful, but it's one of those things for me, at least, where I just go, eh. right, eh. right, right. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. The, the games play great. It's 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 snappy. It's quick. Yep. You know, I I actually don't have an issue navigating. I don't mind the what's new tab, or the because it kind of gives you news based on the games you're playing, and then I also kind of I don't have an issue with how the stores, uh, how the store functions as far as searching on ps5 it seems yeah. seems pretty good yeah so 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 that was it i so i'm leading one half point to nothing <laughs> yeah you're pretty <laughs> with potentials are. for more you're pretty much are yeah so uh yeah well again thank you lessons. we might cover them specifically at the end of the year but uh you know there's a chance like game announcements are, are still still a chance yeah, you know possible. So. anything's possible yeah so so that's that all right, to our fourth and final thing, we're going back to the character character battle royale, and again, we're I'm urging everyone to vote. We need more votes. We need it to be closer because we did get two trounces in uh, last week's battle, uh, in which Fox McCloud uh, trounced Hollow Knight, and to, whoop, whoop. to be whoop. to be. Handily defeated oh, Cloud Strife. Thank God. I am I'm shocked and so not shocked. You know, Tubi's winning this whole thing, baby. She's <laughs> winning the whole thing. Well, she took out one of the heaviest contenders, yeah. but uh, yeah. you know, there, you there are a lot dodges. of there's a lot of Sony uh, the big boys that she's got to get. Through. I mean, I just listen. I just don't want Kratos to win. That's it. Because <laughs> obviously he wins a battle royale with this. But, like, come on. That's all. Well, we'll find out as we uh, continue to uh, uh, remove fighters uh, week yep. after week. So We have 32 fighters left. Okay. Okay, so if we keep going with this four fighter a week, we should get through round one in another eight weeks. Which okay. Isn't, which doesn't seem <laughs> horrible, yeah. but... That's, you know, just round one, so. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so this week we have, let me get my, we got Donatello from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise versus <laughs> Batman, and we have Cuphead versus Richter Belmont. So uh, a very, very even matchup and then a weird-ass matchup. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do believe I went first last week. You did. 
So, do you have a preference on which matchup you would like to go for first? Nope, either or is fine with All me. All right, well, you start talking, and then I'll know. All right, well, I guess we'll start with, with the easy one. The Batman. easy? <laughs> the Batman. All right. <laughs> go ahead whenever. All right, the Dark Knight, the Master of Fear, the Master of Gadgets. You know, this is a video game podcast, so right. I'm going to ignore... Uh, the movies and everything, but his trilogy has a 91 on Metacritic. That's how good Batman is, you know. And I, I mentioned gadgets. He has access to explosive gel, batarangs, bat claws, freeze grenades, grapple guns, smoke bombs, uh, the Batmobile, the Batplane. You know, he is a master detective. He's a master planner. Um, Masturbator. <laughs> and you know, Donatello comes from kind of the same school. You know, trained in trained in ninja. Trained in being a ninja, trained in stealth, but we all know who the better character of that all is, and it, of course, is Batman. Donatello just does not stand a chance. He is outmatched in every field that Donatello excels at, even as a member of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that is why Batman will win. All right. Reset here. All right, Nick. Now, I heard a lot about who's the better character. That's not what we're arguing here today, Nick. We're <laughs> arguing who's going to win in a fight. And Same this, thing. This is a very, very even matchup. This is going to be fought in the trenches. It's going to be very, very even. Possibly one of the most even matchups we have in general. But unfortunately for Batman, I think Donatello does have the edge in a couple ways. Uh, first and foremost... He's got the genius-level intellect. I know Batman has that as well, but I just want to make sure that we're on the same playing ground with that. We're on the same playing ground. Batman's mm -hmm. not going to out-prepare him because they're the equal smarts. What Donatello has, he's got Toon Force, which is super, super important. He can basically create things uh, because he is a cartoon. Batman is a man, so he's not going to be able to you know, use Toon Force. And then secondly, and this is most important, Martha. All Donatello has to say is <laughs> Martha. And then Batman's going to go, huh? Martha? What? And then he's going to stop fighting. And then Donatello is going to be able to just like hit him upside the head with his bow staff or whatever he has to do. Because for whatever reason, Batman hears the word Martha and he just shuts down. So um, very even fight, but Donatello comes out on top. Where the fuck did you come up with Toon Force? Toon Force? He's, he's a, it's a known thing. Toon Force. He's a cartoon. Listen, man, I would, I'm trying to find something, okay? He's got cartoon physics. But Martha, that's uh, Martha. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Martha Wayne is is is, Martha. is Bruce Wayne's mom. So that yeah, if you don't get the that, horrible reference to Batman versus if, Superman. Yep, yeah, because he's choking out what he's he's choking out Superman. Yeah, and just protect Martha for me or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, horrible, dumb, horrible dumb, movie. Dumb, dumb stuff. I like to forget, but John. Oh John, yeah, John brought it back, but well, you know you're only as great but, as your weakest moments and Batman's moments. But believe, believe me, I'm gonna use Toon Force on you every time. That's like cool. Robert Ra um, Roger Rabbit level of well, if of uh, silliness. If uh, <laughs> if everybody writes in and votes for Donatello and they say, well, because Toon Force, then that's fair. That's fair. All right, all right. I have a timer for Cuphead when you're all ready. Right. All right, Cuphead. Speaking of Toon Force, yeah. <laughs> if there was a master of Toon Force, it would definitely be Cuphead, one of the most pretty tunes video games out there. Um, Cuphead was able to convince the devil uh, to make a bargain with him to collect on all of his soul contracts, and Cuphead did it. He trained, and he went, and he did it. He took on all the big baddies of the video game Cuphead. Uh, he's got a... Uh, a 
array of moves all involving his finger mm-hmm. and the finger gun. He's able to do a pea shooter, spread, chaser, lobber, charge, roundabout. You know, so any move Richter Belmont tries to pull on him, you know, he has a bullet specifically for that instance. He also has the parry slap. He's a master pilot. And when he pours his head over, it turns into a giant energy beam. Like that's that sounds <laughs> dangerous to me. So and also he can tap into the astral plane for invincibility. It's one of his master moves. Nice. Good one, Nick. Yeah, is that energy? It's like Venusaur's solar beam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Go away. Okay. Richter Belmont, arguably the strongest of all the entire Belmont clan. You know, we're talking uh, legendary vampire hunters here. Now, when it comes to this fight, Nick, I think it's important to note, being that Hollow Knight lost to Fox due to his size, Cuphead is two feet tall and weighs 13 pounds. (laughs) I don't care how strong his finger is. He's not going to be able to take on a five foot, 965 pound vampire hunter who's killed Dracula. And have you seen the devil from Cuphead, Nick? He's a doofus. He's a look, look at that guy. He looks, he's, he's like the skinniest, weirdest looking devil you've ever seen. So I don't think there's anything to be worried about with him. Uh, let's talk about the enemies that we fight. Cuphead's fighting a carrot. He's fighting candy corn. He's fighting poker chips. He's fighting a flower. Victor or Richter Belmont is fighting vampires and golems and demons and dragons and man-eating plants. All sorts of crazy fucking things, you know, that, that Cuphead would just shit his pants if he saw. Um... So, you know, I don't think uh, I don't think he has to worry about his pew pew finger when he's got his vampire killing whip to slap that cup in the face. <laughs> All right. There we go. All right. All yeah, let's right. See how that goes. So everybody, as Nick said, vote, please vote. Yes. Um, and we are for the year. I think I think I have a slight edge with. Uh, Here being I've got one. seven victories. Nick's got five. So. Um, you know, vote for whoever you think's best. All right, and now for next week. You want first or second, Nick? I'll go first. Okay. Randomize Donkey Kong. Oh, God. D-K, Donkey Kong. I'm reviewing this list harder next time. We're reviewing so many Nintendo characters. Yeah, that's because they're fucking I've had famous. every one of them. This is my fourth Nintendo character. Well, you, should, <laughs> you should buy a Switch then. So you can familiarize yourself. Yeah, this is my, familiarize this is my penance. Because what you've had Mario, Donkey Kong, Pikachu, Star Fox, and Star Fox, or Fox McCloud. <laughs> you're just yeah, you're playing the Super Smash Brothers roster. Yeah. All right, and then I got Joker from Persona Five. Oh, okay, okay, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good that's a good fighter. That's a good so choice. that 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 pick passes your your test. Yeah, that pick is it's okay. good. That's, that's a good, good pick. That's All right, a good cool. baby All right, pick. Good. Yeah. All right, and then for matchup number two, Nicholas. Mega Man. Oh, okay. That's Mega, Mega Man. Man. I like Mega Man. And then for me, Link. Ooh, there you go. I guess yeah, I got a arguing. Nintendo character. <laughs> well, so a couple heavy hitters. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big one. Donkey Kong, Link, Mega Man, and who was the fourth one? Joker. Some good games. So, again, we'll post these on our Twitter, th- our Twitter feed uh, the day after the show uh, is posted. But you can also email in if you want to weigh in. And again, we will read your arguments for which character will win. So please do that. Mm-hmm. Spread the word. You know, you don't have to listen to the show to vote necessarily. But if you think any of us made a convincing argument, you know, tell people to listen. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. So that's it. We only had the four things for you today. Again, we're going to have that bonus episode 
uh, later this week for you to listen to if you've completed Spider-Man 2 or if you just want to listen. You know, maybe you don't plan on playing it, which is horrible. Don't be that yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and you don't play Spider-Man 2, I don't... I don't know. I don't know what kind of person you are. Yeah. So, all right. Do we have anything to tease for next week? I know John's got a, a very special tease because, because yeah. you know, I, we haven't missed a lot of games this year. Um, Diablo 4 is definitely one of them, mm-hmm. which in which we had no input other than uh, we played the beta. But there was another game that we missed that yeah. was kind of big. Yeah, I was, I was uh, wanting to play this, but just I think due to the uh, glut of games that kind of surrounded it and just not really... Having the time, I kind of passed it, but you know, I love, love, love Elden Ring so much and the whole Souls Borden's franchise. So, figured Armored Core Six is, you know, got to mm-hmm. check it out. And I found myself at like a local used video game store, had some trade in credit, and it was sitting there for forty-five bucks. Thought, you know, now's the time. So, um, I don't know my plan though because I am still balls deep in Cyberpunk, and I'm, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I already paused that that playthrough for Spider-Man Two. I don't think right. I should pause it again for Armored Core. So we'll see. Um, but needless to say, I'm going to get to it definitely before the end of the year, um, yeah. so that we can have that in Game of the Year discussions and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's kind of this 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 you know hole yeah. in our podcast, and I. I'm, and you haven't played any of the other ones either. No. So you're coming from the Soulsborne fan that trusts so much in From Software that they produced a cool mech game. I will say, I mean, I popped it in, played about five minutes. It is definitely cool. Okay. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we'll just see if... Because from what I can remember about the review cycle of that one is that it's it's really hard until it's not. Like, you can really kind of game the game by building a mech that just is tailored perfectly, but... It's kind of appealing, honestly, because like yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to beat my head against bosses really right at this moment. So right. if I can figure out a way to just double, I think Donkey Donkey said double Gatling guns just like got yeah. me through the whole yeah. game. So yeah. we'll yeah. see. But yeah, there's I'm certain excited. builds that'll let you cheese it. But yeah, maybe you'll play it and you'll just find one that's fun to play. Exactly. Yeah. The the cheesy build, you know. But I I I think From Software is really good about uh, not having difficulties, but making in game. Uh, builds uh, a way to kind of cheese the game if you, if you so f- choose. You know, we saw that with Elden Ring that a lot of people were going to certain weapons, certain summons, the mimic, and stuff like that. And Armored Core Six seems to be the w- same way. So it's got a pretty shitty trophy. I'm looking at the trophy guy right now. Eight out of ten. Oh boy, got to get S ranks on everything. Eleven missable trophies. <laughs> I don't know about that, but you know, unless if it's just one of those, you know, if it, if it neon whites me. Yeah, I wonder what the I wonder what would be missable considering you can replay missions in this. That's, Great that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't but know. Uh, I guess we'll John will let us know. But For sure. uh, yeah, I heard that the S ranking a mission is obtuse. Like you don't know what the requirements yeah, to get an, yeah, an yeah, S rank yeah, and a mission yeah. are. So oh, that's fun. Yeah. So yeah, it says uh, number of missable trophies eleven. Make sure you follow the roadmap steps exactly to not miss anything. Oh boy. To unlock all missions, you must pick the new ones on each playthrough. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't, anyway, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, John will have some thoughts on that. He'll hopefully have some bigger thoughts on Cyberpunk. I'm always happy to hear mm-hmm. you talk about Cyberpunk. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah, I don't think there's really anything on the game front for a minute here. So we'll be tapping into some topics. Yeah. And 
Well, I yeah. mean, this is the fun, you know, game of the year time. You know, I, I, this is one of my favorite times of the year for video games is just kind of recapping the year, what stood out, you know, not only what were the best games of the year, but talking about the best performances and best boss fights and best all that good stuff. I, I love all that. I yeah, love all of it. So Yeah, we're definitely counting down to the, just the Game Award nominees. I'm weirdly excited to watch that. I, yeah. Jeff well. Keighley usually does a live show for that, and I usually just don't care, but this year is just so stacked that I just want to know. I got like, Hades 2 last year, man. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, I don't think you can... No, I'm be- talking about just even, he does a live show for the nominees. Oh, just the nominees. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And I'm just so, like, enamored you, you, you with what... see if what, we both what, nailed him? Yeah, well, not even just Game of the Year, just, like we said, best performance and all yeah. the other categories. It's just such a stacked year. It's just like, a lot of gonna, things who's going to get? So... And then, yeah, I have to get back to Baldur's Gate 3. It's like... Yes, you do. I've been so... It sucks that I've been over a month kind of like detached from it, and I'm going to have to go back into the end game and <laughs> not barely remember what I was doing. It was rough so. enough for Cyberpunk for me. It wasn't even rough. It took me 10 minutes to reacquaint myself. But right. even then, I was just like... You know, fuck, I got to, okay, I got to, what does cool do again? What does right. is, is tech do again? It's like, I got to just reread everything. It's like, God damn it. So. Yeah, that's kind of why I like to, I prefer to, you know, play video games all the way through, but with Baldur's Gate's, you know, enormous length and just, Spider-Man. again, the glut of, of releases this year is just like, well, uh, that ain't happening, so. Yep. All right, so. John, what do you got? What's what's the song? All what right. Are- so the song for us today, uh, just because Spider-Man 2 has been, you know, occupying my brain and the soundtrack's pretty fucking dope. Uh, it's actually kind of a remix of my last song choice, kind of. But it's the final song in the soundtrack called In Full Swing, the Cirkin remix. Um, just another banger, you know. When you, when you hear these songs in these soundtracks, they all kind of have the same vibe to it uh, at least these type yeah. of it but is it joe paisano john paisano, john paisano. yeah john may paisano um <laughs> does did the soundtrack did another incredible job like he did with the first one. Oh yeah yeah the sound the soundtrack he this will get a dope. game of the year he'll get a nomination sure. oh yeah you I, think for best music yeah he'll get a nomination yeah I think. and it'll be great to hear the game awards orchestra hopefully our guy in the piccolo last year fuck yeah playing some Spider-Man tunes, probably oh, playing yeah, this one. Sorry, I, I responded to you just like, oh yeah, of course I know what you're talking about, but I don't. But yeah, dude, that guy got into it. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, enjoy the song again. It, it, it is great. It's just, I think what, what jo- John Paisano really tapped into was the the Danny Elfman song from the original Spider-Man trilogy uh, and, and the overall vibes of that. It just they're just kind of iconic Spider-Man. And he, and he does such point. a good job of, like, just joining together Miles and Peter, who they are. But, like, Miles is the hip-hop, you know, that guy. And then Peter's more traditional and just merges them together. And, like, oh, look at that. What do you got? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Great great soundtrack. Great song. So enjoy that. So that's it. Again, there will be a extra bonus episode in the feed for you to enjoy this week. But after that, we'll be back next week. Next week about the six things. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See you, nerds.